Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mama Wears Athleisure. I am your host, Mariella de Santiago, a first-time mom. We focus on all things mom with tips to help make life easier and more organized for all you mamas out there. Hi, everyone. Today, I am here with Gretchen Salier from June Care. And we are going to talk a little bit about childcare options and differences and kind of what's available to anyone that's listening. Thank you so much for having me. This is a topic that's near and dear to my heart as a mom of three children myself and now working in the childcare industry. My name is Gretchen and I have spent the majority of my career working in technology I had all three of my children while I was working in big tech and so did the full-time mom dance, tried all the different child cares under the sun, and then decided to take some time off actually shortly before the pandemic and try my hand at being a full-time mom or stay-at-home mom, which is very hard. We can get into that more later. And then it was really the pandemic uh, when all child care disappeared for my community and globally. For parents, we really, I think for the first time understood what it means to not have childcare. And for me, it, I just wanted to help. I started really digging into it and realized that over half of American families who need childcare don't have access to it and just felt like this was a huge problem. And so that was the genesis of now my startup, which is called June Care. And what June Care is, it stands for joining up neighbors everywhere. And we are moms supporting moms. So June Care is a new approach to childcare. It's a community-focused approach where parents who are looking for childcare get connected with stay-at-home parents who have capacity to help care for others' children. It's a paid model. So stay-at-home parents who sign up to host for June Care, they set rates and they get paid for that childcare. But it's also really flexible. Uh, really fun, great way to get connected to your neighbors as well as get the help you need. I love that. I feel like that kind of takes on a role of like really building your village, right? We talk about this often. So it seems like that's what June Care does. Definitely. Yes. I think we all kind of have this dream of raising our children in community and like you said, having that village, but it's actually really hard to build, especially when you're a new mom and you have little ones with nap schedules. And then even as they get older, the schedule just gets crazier and crazier. And so what we're trying to do at June Care is really make it easy to get connected. You can filter by schedule, find other families who live close to you, who are available when you need help or who need help when you're available, depending on which side of the platform you're participating in. And what I love about it the most is having been a full-time mom or stay-at-home mom, you talk about how hard it is, but to really live it, it's very hard. It takes a lot of self-startedness, and you're an event planner and you're a house cleaner and you're a part-time therapist and you're a entertainer, you're doing all these jobs. And it's really valuable work that is so often totally undervalued. In fact, there's no real economic value placed on it often. So through June Care, if you sign up to host, you are getting paid for work that you're already doing. It's also work that really benefits not only your family, but we're trying to help it also benefit your community as well. So childcare is obviously a topic that many, many parents think about. And as soon as you're pregnant, if you decide to go back to work, it automatically becomes like a something that you need to start thinking about 
the minute you're pregnant, right? It's kind of even before like a registry because you hear about all of these like wait lists. So with that, there are so many childcare options. And I think I myself as a stay-at-home mom, I find it overwhelming to even try to navigate like, okay, I don't want to sign my son up for a daycare, but I want to put him in like some sort of like something to have like a schedule, right? So given all of that, would you mind just kind of sharing a little bit about the different childcare options and how each one is kind of structured? I'm kind of thinking in the sense of like, there's a daycare and then there's a Montessori because you've looked into it. Yes, I've looked into it and I've tried them all. So, and and it is to your point, it's really overwhelming when you first have a baby, if it's your first child and you are taking maternity leave, you're taking some time out of the workforce to recover and to bond with your baby. I do think there's a lot of pressure in the system to figure out your childcare right away. You do hear about families who are trying to get on daycare lists even before they're pregnant. And to be honest, that's really the problem is there's just not enough childcare, uh, but we can get into that later. So when you're thinking about childcare, I actually would encourage new parents to try not to stress about it right away as much as possible, because really as you kind of grow into motherhood in those early precious few weeks and you get to know your child, your expectations may change and being a parent is its own adjustment. And then you're being married to the other parent is another adjustment. And so just taking a little time to really experience that and then have the discussions about what's going to work best for your family and your needs at the at kind of the fundamental level, what are childcare options? So you have what's most common, which are daycare centers. So daycare centers are typically run out of commercial buildings. They can vary in size. They do typically want more of a full-time schedule. They're also trying to run, stay profitable so they can continue to offer the service. So they are looking for typically five days a week. Some daycares will have drop-ins as well. So that's worth looking into if you have a little bit of a different need. It's on the whole going to be your most affordable option. And that's primarily because they are typically like a one-to-many, right? So they're able to care for more children and have a little bit of higher care provider to child ratio, which can make it a more affordable option for families. The other thing with daycares, this is where kind of the panic sets in, is they do have a limit. It's typically a state-required limit in terms of the number of infants that they can have in one particular time. So if you have your eye on a daycare, it is a good idea to get ahead of the curve and just understand how many placements are going to have available for your child. The kind of next level I don't know which direction it is, um, smaller, I guess, would be a home-based daycare. So these are going to still be licensed. So these are licensed care centers run out of someone's home. Typically, it is also one-to-many, but it's usually going to be a smaller ratio in terms of care provider to children in the home daycare. These can sometimes be a little bit more flexible in terms of schedule, you do just want to consider the size of the home daycare. They are also going to have limits. They're just licensing limits on infants. So again, something to research and look into. And often they will require some sort of contractual commitment because they need visibility into the number of seats and the the number of children that they're going to be having on any given year. Then you have 
kind of the, the lowest ratio, which is going to be an in-home nanny or an au pair. And I can speak to each of those. So an in-home nanny, hopefully this is relatively self-explanatory, but this is someone you're going to find either through an agency or word of mouth who is a professional childcare provider. They typically will come to your home care for only your children. They do need to be employees. So when you are hiring a nanny, you are responsible to file payroll taxes. They are a W-2 employee. That is at least California law. I'm not an expert on childcare law in other states, but I think it's pretty typical that those are going to be employees. You also need to have, therefore, an offer letter, some sort of agreement with your nanny. There are requirements in terms of work hours, schedules, vacation days, sick days, all of those different pieces. So just something to keep in mind. Don't be too intimidated, though. If that's something you can afford and is a good option for your family, there are lots of services out there that can help you manage the payroll kind of employment side of hiring a nanny. The au pair is a little bit different. So au pairs act a lot like nannies in that they are your sole childcare provider. However, they are foreign. They're on a student visa, basically. So they're coming from a different country. You're going to hire au pairs through agencies. So there's lots of different agencies available, such as Cultural Care or Au Pair America. And they actually have really sophisticated sites now. So you can view different au pairs profiles. The au pairs will typically have videos. They do personality tests. And it's really important that all of that is there because au pairs also live in your home. So while it is a more affordable option, au pairs will typically get paid around $300 a week for 40 hours of care, but you are also responsible for room and board. So you are housing the au pair. You're of course responsible to feed them. You really treat them like part of your family. It's not for everyone, but it can be a really great cultural exchange experience and it's very flexible care. Then I'll go to once your kids are older, this is maybe not so relevant for your audience, but as your kids get into school, you're looking after school care options. Those are competitive. You can probably have a whole other podcast on after-school care, but it's actually, it's one of the main needs we see at June Care as well, is people who just need that three to four hours at the end of the school day. And then you have alternative options like June Care, where I would guess the main differentiation with June Care is its low ratio. So it's one family to one family at a time. So never more than children from two different families. So low care provider to child ratio, it's typically going to happen in the home of the host. So similar to a home daycare. Um, However, there is no W-2 requirements. All June care hosts are 1099. So it's more like a gig type platform and it's very flexible. So there's no long-term contracts, no long-term commitments, but it is also possible because of that, that you might be using several June care hosts to fill your childcare needs. So That was a lot, but hopefully just a good kind of high-level overview of the childcare landscape. Hi, everyone. It's your host, Mariella. I wanted to thank you for listening and share some ways to show your continued support. You can rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Share the show with friends and family. Buy me a coffee to help with the financial costs of running a podcast. Follow me on Instagram at MamaWearsAthLeisure. And finally, subscribe to my newsletter. Thank you for listening. So in a sense, kind of what I've gathered with the daycare, the nanny, the au pair, those are really more of like the full-time type of childcare options, whereas 
June care might be a little bit more flexible in the sense of I need to go to the dentist today and my mother-in-law wasn't able to cover because she got sick or something like that, right? So then in this case, I'd be able to hop onto June care, find somebody that would be able to watch my son for like an hour or two while I go to my appointment. Yeah, exactly. And so like you said, the daycare, home daycare, nanny au pair options, they are going to want the full-time schedule. So 40 hours a week on average, just because that's how their economics work. And those are kind of secure, stable job opportunities as well. Most of the needs we're seeing now with working parents coming out of the pandemic are not full-time though, because a lot of parents have gone back either hybrid schedule or shift schedule or part-time schedule. And those are really hard to fill. A daycare and nannies are already hard enough to find, but when you're trying to find childcare for an alternative schedule, or even what we would just call a modern schedule, that's really difficult. And so that's where platforms like June care are great. Our typical booking is going to be 20 to 25 hours a week. So someone who's kind of got a part-time schedule, sometimes that schedule shifts week to week. That's something the platform can handle really well. And it can also be, yes, I have a dentist appointment and I need four hours of care because I'm also going to sneak in a shopping trip. It can really be all over the map. I like that. Rewarding yourself after after that dentist appointment. (laughs) Well, thanks for all of that. So given that kind of how you talked about when somebody learns that they're expecting, you start thinking about all of these childcare options, when should somebody consider or begin to look? So if somebody is only going to take anywhere from six weeks off to maybe three months and they're in the first trimester, about what time should we start at that point looking for some sort of childcare? Yeah, it it really depends, unfortunately, just t- what type of need that you actually need. So I, there is this desire, we see it even amongst our families where you want to plan six months out for the childcare. That's really hard to do, mostly in terms of the childcare provider side. It's going to be rare that you're going to find a nanny or a daycare or home daycare who's ready to commit to your schedule six months out. So I encourage you, try not, for the planners amongst us, try to take a deep breath and know that it's going to be okay if you're not fully set up half a year in advance. But you also don't want to be super last minute. So we typically say the sweet spot is going to be at about two months before you need the care to really start looking. And that's where, depending on the type of care that you're looking for, that should give you plenty of time to find a great option that you can commit to, that your childcare provider can can commit to. And we really believe you will be okay, especially with new services like JuCare and and others that are providing new supply of childcare to the market. Parents are finding there's more and more options available. Do you have any other tips, suggestions, or recommendations when somebody is beginning beginning on this search? Like, I really appreciate that you kind of mentioned that two-month time frame, but if somebody is looking at specific childcare options, like, should we encourage them to sign up for walkthroughs or any sort of supports that would be good for them? 
Yeah. So I think the first thing is to really do a little bit of self-reflection. So think about first, like, what is your schedule? What is your need that you have? And then from there kind of determine, okay, what's your solution set, right? So what sorts of options do you think are going to be most available to you? You also want to talk with your partner. If, if you have a partner involved in the parenting on, is it important to you that your child is in the home? Maybe it's really important to you that your child is out of the home if you're working from home, which is happening more and more. And then you also need to, of course, look at your monthly budget. You know, what can you spend on childcare? I really encourage parents to remember childcare is not a lifetime expense. So it will change. Your needs are going to change and adjust over time. It can seem it is really expensive when your kids need more care when they're younger, but it does, it's not forever. So I just want to encourage you about that. And then you've got to think about your philosophical and parenting preferences. So what are your family values? What is your parenting style? Is it important to you that your childcare provider mimics those? Or are you looking to augment what you have as a family with something else? A lot of times we see that with language where people want someone who is bilingual or who will only speak Spanish to their children, for example. And then, yeah, I do encourage you to just start poking around, talk to your friends, talk to your family. What have they used? What do they like and not like? And then when you are either at a walkthrough of a daycare or you start interviewing nannies, make sure you take more time than you think you need to gather your list of questions. So it's just like when you go to the doctor, you want to make sure you have your questions in advance. You're prepared for that discussion. It's, it's very similar. So you and your partner can figure out what are our kind of non-negotiables and what do we want to ask around those? And then what are some nice to haves and what do we want to ask around those? And then finally, I just want to encourage you to be open-minded. So I think we all really want Mary Poppins (laughs) at the end of the day, but your Mary Poppins may look different. What you actually need and what you actually appreciate might be different as you actually try something new and you can always change. No decision has to be a permanent decision. And so just try to take some of the pressure off. You're going to try different things and you're going to see what works and you will find the best fit for your family. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time and chatting with us about this. Yeah, thank you so much. And best of luck to any of your listeners out there who are embarking on this journey. I don't want to minimize it. It is very intimidating, but hopefully you find a service, a platform, a solution that just gives you peace of mind for your family. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for our next episode. You can find us on Instagram for more updates and tips. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a review if you like us.